We're early. Bam, we're live. 90 seconds early. Does it look like there's a filter on my face? Like, look how smooth my skin looks. That looks good. Yeah. Did you see that? Um, Can you pull up my Instagram? I I made this. I posted this picture of myself where I just sharpened it. I took it into uh, Google's app and just sharpened it as much as I could and structured it as much as I could. Which uh, I think it's the Savamatosian, the one that's shadow banned. Got it. You're not shadow banned. Those are just restrictions. Those are just restrictions. Fine, fine. You got against the community guidelines. Fine, fine. I I have restrictions. I don't know. (laughs) To me, it's all shadow banned. Restrictions. If you have a hundred thousand followers and you get three likes, I'm blaming it on shadow ban. No matter what, keep going down, keep going down, keep going, keep going. You'll see it. It's just a fucking picture of me, and it's like a close up. There it is on the right. See that? Look at that compared to like how I look now. That's like everything like turned up full blast, right? You know what I mean? That's like like if you want to look like you have abs. You uh, put that filter on. Yes. Yes. Just giving it all a nice gray yes. look to it. I didn't put any gunk in my hair this morning either. Gunk. The gunk. official product of the Savon podcast. Gunk. The gunk is so expensive. Oh, my goodness. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, Mr. Matt Reynolds, Devesh, uh, Mr. Wayne, Travis Bellinghouse, uh, Alan. Good morning. Bellinghausen. Bellinghausen. Uh, Doug Zamora. <laughs> Mess with the ISO. No, no, no. ISO affects the brightness. When you mess with the ISO. Bruce Wayne just dropping shit out there. I, that is one thing I do know about. ISO, shutter speed, aperture. I feel like you're sitting a little lower this morning with the oh, camera here, angles. Here, how about that? How about that? Ah, there about we that? go. I, look, when I felt I, like I was on the tall stool. When I tilt the camera down, I look taller. <laughs> Only if real life is like that. Mr. Josiah. Hello. Good morning. Oh, what's up, brother? Of course, I have the wrong headset on. Yeah, I don't know if my um my AirPods are not working with this, and I don't know why. You sound good. Oh, you great. can't hear us, but we can hear I, you. I can. It's on like it's on speakerphone on my on my phone, but like when I was listening earlier on my phone, my AirPods were connected to my phone, but right when I entered the studio, they disconnected. Let me see. And I don't mm-hmm. know why. Can also try to log out, log back in. I went to the settings. I, 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 I I'm impotent, Im- impotent, impotent. I don't have those kind of access to those types of. Let controls. me disconnect and connect again. Let me see if Word. that works. No worries. Handle it. Oh yes, it is a Victo shirt, Travis. This morning, it is. It is. It is. I um when when I left the house to come down here to um Newport, I couldn't find all my uh, podcast shirts. It was weird. Like they were purposely hidden from me. Well, How many days a week do they pick up the trash? Here? Can you guys? Can you guys hear me? Okay. I hear you great. You yep. sound great. Can I hear you. Awesome. I mean, hold on one second. In the meantime, drink some paper street coffee. Can you hear that when I drink the coffee? Yes. Well, I felt like you were ears slurping. Yeah. Fuck the fuck the AirPods. We're just gonna do this. Uh, you know, free, we're gonna free ball it. Let's go. You awesome. sound good. You sound good. Yeah, hey, sound good. um, Josiah, you know, I was at a, I went to a um Easter egg hunt yesterday, and there was this lady there, in, um, and I'm in Newport, so the lady was 70, but she looks like she's 50. Yeah, and uh, LA 70. Yeah, LA 70, and she Hell told yeah. me I and she told me I had really nice hair, and I hadn't heard that, in a, and I'm starting to grow my hair long again. I'm trying to go for this, like, see what happens. You uh, got so you you have like the um 
the Dosecki's uh, Suave. Most interesting man. Most what? interesting man in the world. Uh, stay thirsty, my friends, kind of hair. Yeah. Oh, you just made his day. <laughs> yeah. He's pumped. Hey, um, uh, you used to have an amazing body. Do you still have an amazing body? I scrolled through your Instagram and you used to look like a model. Not anymore, no. Mm-hmm. No. No. How, how, COVID, it- COVID fucked all that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, do you train? No, actually, that's that's the funniest thing. People, uh, it's I mean, all jokes aside, almost every day I get like, you know, the stereotypical, do you play football? You know, what do you do? How much do you lift, bro? That kind of stuff. And it's like, dude, I just do like calisthenics at home. Like I've never I've been in a gym <clears throat> maybe twice in my entire life. And like it, it's just I I get so much fucking anxiety over gyms. Like I just it's something about like people watching me sweat. It's just a weird fucking thing to me. So, you know, Oh, let, th- that's a good place to throw this in. Can you play, yeah. um, the, um, anxiety song? This will introduce you yes. everyone to all the listeners. By the uh, way, th- yeah. This one's great. This one's great. This one. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is me. This is me before every podcast. Why do I do this to myself? <laughs> when you're in a crowd, you might have that shit too. It's a fucking bitch to put up with my motherfucking brain. Cause when anyone is near me, I feel like I'm insane. I cannot even hold a freaking simple conversation. My fucked up head puts me in a mental fucking isolation. I am so fucking awkward talking to any other human. My words are like a fucking pile of babble and confusion. So if you have a fucking lack of social skills like me, then sing with me. Fuck, fuck it. You fuck, fuck anxiety. Booyah, Kasha. Awesome. <laughs> fuck that song. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, a million questions. Um, sure. Some some really fun um, superficial ones. Like, and I love a good superficial question. I love hair talk, um, and, then, and then and then way way out into the deep end and figure out why we're here on planet sure. Earth. Um, uh, where to start? Um, how how old are you? Thirty three. Thirty three. And yep. uh, my anxiety. This is my anxiety. Uh, this is my blanket. I pretend to write shit down when people talk and that makes me feel like I'm doing something. <laughs> yeah. I have a, uh, I have a tablet that's over there. It's dead from last night's live, but I, I have it out every live and I act like I'm doing shit on there, but I'm, I'm never doing it. It's just something to like <laughs> fidget with and look at while I'm talking yeah. to people yeah. from around the world. Cause it's like fucking, it just, yeah. yeah. Ah, you're 33. Let me write that down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't forget it. Yeah. And um and, and and how tall are you? I'm six four. Yeah, man. My dad is six eight, so that's it, it was so funny. A girl came up to me yesterday randomly. I was walking around and as I normally do, and uh and she comes up to me, she's like, You're tall. She's like, and she she was like maybe five four, and she's like, wanna switch? And I'm like Oh, she, no, first she goes like, who in your family is tall? And I was like, me and my dad, he's six, eight. She's like, want to switch? And I was like, well, I mean, it's not all like fun and games. We have to look out for ceiling fans. And she's like, oh no, fuck that then. I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) You know, duck under doorways. So yesterday we were, we we were walking, um, uh, Susan and I, oh, by the way, Matt, Josiah, Josiah, Matt. What's up, bro? I'm seven. Nice to meet you. Hello. Nice to meet you. And uh, we're walking along the the you know the the concrete that's adjacent to the Great Pacific Ocean. Yeah. And uh, there's this uh, there's this lady behind us, and she's probably about six eight, about six what? eight. Yeah, it was nuts. She's probably six between six five and six eight, and she's probably I I probably like three hundred and ten pounds. 
I was going 285. 285? All muscle too. Yeah, just all muscle. Like huge titties, huge (laughs) ass. Holy hell. Yeah. And and you know, part of me was like, well, maybe it's a dude. But I but I I heard her talk and I mean it was it was just beautiful. I mean, it was just sounded like a girl to me. So so anyway, so I I let I pretended like I was using my phone so she could catch up. And then when she walked in front, walked past us, we walked behind her. And what was crazy is she was sauntering. And we were keeping up a really good pace and we couldn't catch it. <laughs> and I wanted to um do those long strides, bro. Yeah. She gets moving. And so and so we lost her. We walked for like 20 minutes and we lost her. We was, got lost in our own talk and I stopped watching her. And um and then we went into uh, a store here, a supermarket here, into the Starbucks, and uh there she was. And I had this, I turned to Susan, I was like, I just want to be friends with that person because when- she Real quick, when when you saw her, did Adele's "Hello" come on in your head? No, <laughs> okay. no. But I like that. I love that question. That okay. proves how hardcore a musician you are. And I really yeah. like Adele too. I would like to like if Adele could be my babysitter back in time as a little boy, I would be in heaven. You know what's funny is like I'm not. I actually don't like Adele. Like I okay. I love her voice, but like yes. something about I don't know her songs. Like I respect her. Is it look? Anybody that, you know, makes a living out of what they do and they're passionate about what they do, I fucking respect you. But, uh, but I mean, to me, it's just, it's not my style, but like, I, I, you know, I love her, but I I don't love her. You know, it's weird. Um, Last night on your live calling, you were sick as a dog and now you're healthy and sexy as a, as a. Whatever. So I actually took a lot of drugs to feel like this right now. Uh, I woke up at you, you fuckers got me up at 6am, which is a feat itself. And, uh, and so, yeah, it, I, you know, I must love you guys. I don't even know you because I, uh, yeah, I don't wake up at 6 a.m. Well, we do appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> I, um, I do this. Um, I have three little boys. And so I do this, my podcast always at this, or not always, but predominantly at this 90%. time so that at 830 when we're done, I can just be like, ah. Oh. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Just immerse myself. I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of the day. I'm like, wow, this is what normal people do. They wake up at, oh, cool. Like, I have so much time. Like, <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah. You'll feel like half the day is over and it'll only be noon. Be yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, like, shit. Now what? I mean, I guess okay. I don't know. You know? Napping napping's an awesome thing, too. Actually, I napping's don't. Amazing. And I think it's a little bit of a misnomer to call it a, a nap, but usually around one o'clock every day, I lie on my back. And I try just to move all my awareness into my body. Okay. So basically take it all out, like concentrate on my hands or on my knees or on my, and I try to stay awake as hard as I can. And I usually will get like pretty high and like tingly and have this like energy, what I call an energy body experience. And then I, um, and then I'll fall asleep and then I'll wake up and I'm refreshed. It's usually like 20 minutes on the button. Wow. Yeah. I highly recommend it. That's I've never, well, to me, like when I lay flat, like, it, it gets, I like, I have a, I just got diagnosed with like chronic sinusitis. So it's like, I got to go see an ENT in a few weeks and then an allergist. Cause like my allergies are all fucked up as you heard last night, if you're on my live and it's yeah, just it was like crazy. I'm like, Oh, he's going to be so congested. Fucked. Yeah. So I took uh nasal spray, some a B vitamins, some like, I was just like, Oh, I'm like, I can't sound like crap, you know, but I still kind of do, but whatever. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, uh, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. I literally lost my train of thought right now. So, so this giant woman, I, I, I just wanted to be her friend because she was a giant woman for the most superficial reasons. And I turned to Susan, I go, I'm, I'm five, five. So like, I'm not short enough for someone to be like, Oh, he's three, two. I want to meet him. 
but I'm not even close. To, I'm not close to short enough to be interesting enough to me. And so I guess I have to grow this facial hair. I guess that's what my facial hair is that someone will, I want to lure people in. Kind well, of clickbait. Yeah. If I can be, if I can be completely frank with you, um, please, please. I, I don't even know who Frank is, but if I can be uh, him with you, yes. then uh, the Frank reason is. that I decided to do this podcast was because you looked like the most interesting man in the world. I was like, yes, this look, this man looks like a man I can trust. Uh, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know him. And, uh, I, he has a trustable face and it's because mostly of your facial hair. When I was a photographer, um, I, I, I guess I still am. I, when I when in my like when I was about thirty five, I knew that if I grew a long beard, people were mm-hmm. strangers were much. Street photography was so much easier. Yeah, like if you're not trying to quaff or trying to be cute, or if you just are like look a little more frazzled, like an artist. Yeah, um, there's a trust. Look a little more rugged. Yeah, yeah, there'll be a trust. Like if it's um, me, I'm just a weirdo. Like if you look like me, people are like, yeah, Give like a second so look. Even, yeah, Josiah's hair. Um, that that's artist hair. That's like okay. Um. Yeah. People are comfortable with letting him go up on stage and sing or tell a joke right. or, or, you know, hold their baby or, you know what I mean? It's like, there's well, a... I mean, yeah, <laughs> <It's too far laughs> let's not baby. get too crazy. <laughs> I can I'm not the in the baby territory like you yet, but yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> um, how did, how did this, um, so, so tell me about musician. Tell me about the first time a musical instrument got in your hands. Oh shit, bro. It, well, I mean, you know, reader's digest version, basically my dad, who I was talking about earlier, he is an incredible musician. Um, he plays piano, guitar, drums, and bass. Um, he is, uh, he plays by ear so he can pretty much listen to anything on any instrument and uh, that he plays and just play it. Um, and so we went through when I was a child growing up, like we went through all the, you know, all the instruments and I failed at all of them. And then, uh, drums was like a last resort. So I, he gave me like, what this age are we talking now? What age about? I was, uh, I was there. Uh, I was, fuck, it's been 20 years. I was 13. Um, when I got my sunlight, uh, this beat up, like bottom of the barrel sunlight drum set. And I started playing and I fell in love immediately. He taught me a basic four, four beat. And then I was like, all right, dad, I got it. And I put on, uh, I just put on headphones and I had, we had CDs back then. And so, you know, I would put on a boom box with CDs cut connected to my headphones. We had a little plastic shield in my room and I would just, uh, give the whole neighborhood a headache for hours a day, just <laughs> learning their songs. And, uh, that's how I taught myself to play drums. And you liked it. Oh, I, it was, it was an outlet that I didn't know I needed. Um, did you like it because you were, um, I'll give you three options and then you can be like, none of those um, <laughs> yeah. because it, yeah. because it made your dad happy and everyone wants to make their parents happy because you were good at it or, um, or you actually li- liked playing or, or maybe all three. I think maybe a combination. Um, but I mean, it, of course, like growing up, like my dad was my hero. Um, and it's a it's a different dynamic now, which is interesting. But like, I mean, it was, you know, he he was this great musician that um, that I wanted to emulate. And um, and so I, I kind of felt like, you know, I wanted to do these things. I wasn't good at sports like I was tall and built like, you know, a sports an athlete should be. But I mean, I, I was I was it was just never my passion, you know, and to this day, people are like, did you play football? I'm like, nah. You know, uh, my dad was a uh, semi-pro, uh, you know, all across the world. He played basketball and stuff. And, but I mean, 
like music was always my thing and it, it translates now even into what I do now. So, you know, it kind of, uh, ignited that spark. Do you have a, um, uh, and, and just so people know, his dad's not just a uh, good musician or a great musician. Josiah would argue that maybe he's one of the best bass players on the planet today, correct? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Just a, just yeah. a complete uh, um, genius at it. Just an absolute badass at, at bass. He, he just, I mean, he's got a, uh, a 76 four-string Fender Jazz that he, I mean, I remember being in the house and he would play late at night and... Uh, he would connect it to his amp and I mean, you know, he would just, he had the, like this two story house and he would just like play and, and pictures would rumble off the walls and it's like 10, 11 at night. And like, it, it just, it was incredible. Like I would just fall asleep to him playing bass. Like, and he just, you know, that slap bass, he has really large hands so he can get all across the frets really easily. And it's just, it's, it was incredible to, to be. And then when I became, um, good enough to play drums we would do jam sessions which was really cool and it helped me to kind of hone in on my uh skills that i never knew i had and still really don't but yeah is that what it looks like it's just like, i don't even know the it's more the, the black guitar. one on the it it, lo- it it is the guitar there but it looks like the black one the black and white one that's that's what it looks like so the difference between a bass and a guitar is a guitar has six strings but and the bass strings are thicker is that what it is so yeah, there can either be flatter wound strings, but they are they're they're thicker and and obviously lower tuned. Um, and so the bass, like they can be, uh, you can't have a six string bass. You can have a four or five. Uh, my dad has a five and a four string bass. I think he even has a six string. I'm not sure, but uh, he he prefers the four string. But yeah, I like that square one that was on the right there, and I would paint it yellow and make it like this SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, Hell yeah, did, yeah, absolutely. Did you see that square one? <laughs> I didn't see that. Let me see. Yeah. Oh my God. That one's, that one's ready to be turned into a cartoon. That absolutely, it even looks like a sad face kind of thing. Cause I mean, we're, we're facial recognition, uh, mammals. So, I mean, like, I think ah. that, yeah, it definitely looks like a face. Um, tell people see like Mary and crackers and shit, you know? Yes. Mary and crackers. Jesus and a girl cheese. When, yeah. um, yeah. My my wife's one of those people, not that sees Jesus, but she looks up to the clouds and sees stuff like a little kid. Right. Like, oh look, I mean, there's a giraffe. We, oh look, there's a she's she loves that shit. We all essentially do. We're we're facial recognition, we're pattern seeking mammals. So I mean, you know, it's 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 inerrant to who we are. And instead of um encouraging it and being supportive of her art, I just make fun of her. What are you for? <laughs> Is that how you're working on because, so long? Because I'm working on my craft, <laughs> insulting people. I'm working on my craft. Is oh that, my goodness. Look, is that oh. the secret to marriage? Just insult and demean your partner's dreams? Is that the secret yes. to a long-lasting relationship? Keep, Fuck. keep them in their cage. Keep, no stay. wonder, no wonder I'm single, dude. Like I I can't nice. like I <laughs> I, I, I am a, no, I, I do have someone, uh, her name is Molly. She's actually watching right now. She lives in, uh, Wisconsin actually, but, uh, she's great. We love each other, but I mean, like, no wonder I've been single more than I've not because I've been supportive and now I need to just demean the person too that uplifting. I'm with and it'll be, a, yeah. Too uplifting. I, I will. I'm going to, I'm going to say this on that note. I do want to go back and talk about where I'm working out and the guitar and your dad. I have a, I have a question for you about why you don't work out and maybe a theory, but, um, I have all my friends where the men are too nice in the beginning and they don't exhibit any, um, and, and I use nice as, um, just, uh, I think oftentimes nice is, um, uh, 
the manifestation of dishonesty. Hmm. So people will be nice instead of honest. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think sure. honesty is really, 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 really important. I think when people are honest with each other, then um, the relationship can grow at what people call the speed of trust. And yep. I think that's where love is. Um, Do I look fat in this? Yes. <laughs> um, uh, that one you got to be yeah, that one be dishonest. Um, yeah, there are times when lying is acceptable. <laughs> um, a relationship needs an alpha. A relationship needs an alpha. And that doesn't mean that both people can't be leading. But um, my friends who are like the, the women, I feel like my friends who are like overly nice and then they get two years into the relationship and they get kind of past that or a year past that. And then the woman sort of is looking for a stronger man at that point. They get past just the nice part and they want a, um, I, I guess it's in um, part of the mammalian nature or, you know, you know just the different, the different roles that maybe are programmed, you know, that lion yeah. just sits at the top of the mountain and you know looks around for other dudes to who are going to come and beat them up and shit. Yeah. But there is a, um, yeah. and especially, especially when you have kids, if you don't have someone strong in the family who's setting boundaries, and I'm not saying it can't be a woman because I was raised by a single mom. Um, yeah. but, um, and, and, a, and a mom may have to take that role, but it causes, um, like disorder, like people, we want boundaries so that within those boundaries, we're free. Listen, kids, sure. you can play anywhere here in the yard and you can't throw rocks at the house. Go, you're free. As opposed to kids are throwing rocks at the side of the house and you're like, oh, I'm really glad you're exploring your, your throw. No, motherfucker, <laughs> it's not okay to throw rocks at the house. Right, right. You know, it's like. Yeah, so I'm, I'm supportive of pretty much any like structural dynamic in a family. But I mean, I think that you're onto something as far as like, you know, the good cop, the, the proverbial like good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Like, you know, uh, you know, you can do this. Oh no, honey, you can't do this because of this. And it's like, you know, there, there is that yin and yang kind of, uh, consequentialism, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it, but it doesn't always work out like that, you know, and right, life is, right. of course. life is of random course, yes. at its yes. core. And it's yes. like, you know, and, and sometimes kids don't have that ability. I think that you're right. I think that, that, that is, uh, something that's good, someone to take the, and be like, yeah, like, and well, and I think naturally like kids gravitate toward one parent or another. Like for me, it's definitely always been my mom. Um, I and, think that's healthy too. The kids yeah. should gravitate to the mom, right? Like well, my, if you ask I mean, my boys, who do you love more? They go mom. I'm like, yeah, that's healthy. <laughs> You're good. You should. I think that might be like an evolutionary thing, but like, you know, it, it it's, I, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I know a lot of people that are, you know, definitely gravitate almost inherently to their dads. And so, mm. I mean, it should, but maybe that's more of like a, like you were talking about earlier. I want, you know, I want you to be proud of me, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I don't know, you know, but I mean, I think there's, that's an interesting topic that I don't know enough about. Did, did you have strict boundaries growing up as a kid? Yeah. Yeah. I was raised in a, a, a very, it's, it's complete opposite now, but I mean, I was raised in a very, very conservative uh, home. My dad is a pastor actually. And, uh, my whole family's, you know, strictly religious and, um, you know, it's, it's interesting how it's kind of played out now, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was definitely, I mean, quote unquote sheltered, I guess you could say, uh, growing up and just strictly Christian stuff. I went to Christian schools, uh, from preschool to senior year of high school and, um, you know, just kind of raised in that environment. Um, did it, did it feel, was it safe? Did it feel safe growing up? Did you feel yeah, in, in yeah. safe environment? Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, but I mean, you know, looking back on it, it's, uh, you know, I don't regret anything about 
you know, my childhood or anything that went down. Uh, there was a lot of shit, but I mean, like, you know, I, I, I enjoy life where I'm at now. And, um, I attest that at least, uh, mostly to, to, you know, how I grew up. Yeah. You know, I'm going to circle back to that. When do you think that there's, when I was 34, when I was a kid, I got picked after the um, girl, like in high school, like if like the dudes, like there would be teams and they would pick all the, uh, you know, there'd be two team captains and they would start yep. picking the kids and all the boys would get picked. And then some of the girls would get picked and then I would get picked. <laughs> but, oh, it, it, we're it, stuck with seven. Yes. Yes. Right, well, come on. Yes. I think I remember because after you got picked, I got picked. And so <laughs> right, like, right, I was, right. yeah. So I was right. that kid. The, I was with you. I was, uh, they I probably thought we were girls. They probably thought we were girls. <laughs> yeah. I was on the other side of the playground, you know, playing with pogs or some shit, you know, remember yeah. pogs? Yes. Um, barely, pogs. barely. I was too old. I'm 50. Pogs. I'm 50. Dude, pogs. pogs were the shit, man. Like, yeah. Yes. Yes. I had bigger boobs than most of the girls, <laughs> even, even at 11. There you go. Um. <laughs> so, so then somewhere somewhere along the line I, I don't know where it is but 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 at the, i started working out and i started exercising and i really enjoyed it I, and, and yes, i used sir. to ride my bike around the neighborhood a lot but mm-hmm. when i was 34 i ran into something called crossfit and yeah. I, and i started doing crossfit and i realized oh there's some things in there's a whole it's a whole variety of movements right it's not just like bench press or the stuff that i used to see like in the gym that that i was like weak as a fly at there was some other shit and i was like wow I'm, i can actually do this stuff right and, and right. i can do this better than the guy who has a 350 pound bench press but i can do this better right and there's jump roping and there's just you know there's every i love jump roping things. dude yeah 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 so um so so then I found that and I stuck with that and it's it's been I, I can't even go a day without working out now like That's some cool. like like I want to sweat and before then as a kid I hated sweating it made me feel dirty like I could not stand <laughs> yeah. sweating yeah. do you think any part of that um you, you not wanting to work out is pushback against your parents or pushback against society because they look at you and they expect you to do that so maybe there's a contrarian in you that wants to go the opposite way I don't know um that's an interesting question um I th- my instinct is to say that, I mean, we like to be in comfort zones and yeah. in general, as a general rule, it's, it's comforting to just, so getting out and doing something yep. is getting out and doing something goes against our, our better nature, so to speak. Um, so it's, it's more comfortable to just sit and stay where we're at than to challenge ourselves and put ourselves through any kind of physical, psychological, uh, physiological pain. Um, so I think that maybe it's more of like a comfort zone thing. I don't know. Yeah. I was raised, so I was raised, um, to, to, to avoid discomfort. Like literally, I think those were the words my mom would even use. And Mm -hmm. in, in the methodology of CrossFit or, you know, in, in training is, um, get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And sort of the, the idea is, is to put yourself in a safe environment where you can get really uncomfortable and that then your body would, um, go through an adaptation, right? So the, the, the personification narrative would be like, Hey, I'm going to do a sprint now. It's going to hurt so bad. I'm going to run as fast as I can for 30 seconds tomorrow. I'll be stronger for it because the body doesn't want to get caught like that again. Yep. And so there's, and the the body is an incredible thing. I mean, we, we adapt to incredible, incredible things. And I mean, not just like, not just locally and in situationally, but I mean, like environmentally too. I mean, I heard about, um, I read, 
uh, I like to read these weird, wacky articles. And like, there was one I was reading a couple months ago. I can't remember where it was at. Um, and there was, there's this group of people that's literally like, they spend so much time in the water that their lungs are expanding and they're, they're able to breathe underwater more than any people group in the entire world, like or hold their breath underwater just oh, because okay, okay, okay. they're adapting to it. And so yeah. I, I think that's a testament to not only like when we work out, our body adapts and, and gets better and stronger to, to fit what we're doing. And that's why you could, you always have to up, you know, your, your reps or whatever you do. But I mean, environmentally too, I think we're just incredible creatures of adaption. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. They were like spearfishers that like walked across the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's actually really interesting. And they're yeah. literally becoming like fish people, essentially, where they're, yeah. I mean, their lungs are becoming so expansive that they can hold their breath underwater and, and not quite breathe underwater. But I mean, you know, it's, it's incredible. Much more I, comfortable there. I heard a news story about a girl who, uh, as a, she's probably a, a young woman now, but when I heard the story a few years ago, she was a young girl, maybe a teenager, and she was c- considered to be the greatest female climber of the future. And her parents had bought her a monkey when she was a little kid. Mm. And she um, would follow the monkey everywhere, and they say that's what made her such a great climber. But also, her wingspan was absurdly long. Wow. And they really couldn't explain that, but physiologist and, and uh, evolutionary, you know, I guess scientists are yep. like, Hey, there's something to that. Wow. Yes. That because she had a monkey as a baby, her body adapted to chase well, yeah. these things. And I was yeah. like, wow. in one generation, something like that could happen. Well, but, and that's wow. the thing is that like people make a distinction, a distinction between microevolution and macroevolution. And there's no distinction. It's just the amount of time. Like we're human beings that are really only used to consciously like decades, maybe a century. We can fathom like, a millennium, but like it, it, it's, you know, I mean, there are adaptions, adaptations that are made. I mean, we're, it's not like evolution just stopped with us. Like, Oh, we're it. We're the pinnacle. It's like, right, no, we're right, still, right. you know, human beings, a hundred thousand years from now, homo sapiens, a hundred thousand years from now are going to look pretty distinctly different than we will, you know? Yeah. And so it's, yeah, it's crazy. You can just go to Ireland and see how people look different when they're on an island. I've, I've or, been to or, Ireland. Yeah. Or, I, or uh, Iceland. I've been to Iceland too. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 Oh, 300,000 people. That's um, it. What? What's up? Ice, Iceland, 300,000 people. Is That's that how many people are in Iceland? Yeah. It's That's like, why no, I didn't no. fucking see anybody there. Like, dude, <laughs> yeah, dude I swear, we were in Reykjavik and like, it, like seriously, <laughs> like, first of all, how dare they charge so goddamn much for Wendy's? And like, second of all, <laughs> like, I'm no Burger King. It was like $30 for like a small little burger. And dude, it's the most expensive fucking place I've ever stayed in my life. And, but like, there was nobody there. We walked around. It it was like a ghost town and it was like their main street in Reykjavik. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And it was crazy, but it was a beautiful country. I loved it. Yeah. And, and they're all basically related. Well, I mean, within a few generations. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's only 300,000 people. Yeah. 300,000 people. It's not much. Yeah. You tend to have some relatives. (laughs) And you know, you know, what's fascinating. The greatest CrossFitters in the world come from there. Like they have a a totally disproportionate. Oh, they have such a disproportionate amount of amazing athletes there. Yeah. I mean, but they look like kind of Vikings from an HBO show. They look like that. Well, essentially they are Vikings. (laughs) Like they're descended directly from Vikings. So yeah. I knew a soccer player that was from the U S that lived over by me that played, uh, in Iceland. And she would say that it was so strange because they would, she would see a bunch of these, uh, kind of cribs outside and yeah. they would put the babies out there to nap. So they got used to the cold weather and stuff. So dope. 
dude, so dope. Like that's so amazing. I I was it, next it's level a, adaptation. Yeah, it's a simple. It's a similar story. Like in in like Africa, I went to Tanzania one time, and like, dude, it's hot as balls there. But like, it was really cool that we were walking around this village, and like, people would just share their children like and not i don't mean just like oh you can go over to their house like or their hut or whatever it was like literally just like when the kids came over like if they they just let the kids run free in the village and it's like if the kids came to their house well you're my kid now like it's literally like you're their kid now and they take care of you until that kid wants to go somewhere else it's like you don't really know whose kid is who because it's just a community of just sharing everyone and it's just one big family it's crazy I bet you that's driven by language. Do you know mm, what I maybe. mean by that? Yeah. I don't. What maybe. Um, so, so um, we use word, we use words. We're being tricked by words all the time. So, so here, here, I'll just give you an, an, uh, an ideas. I'll give you, I'll give you one that's really obvious. And then one that's not so obvious. Sure. Um, uh, sister, sister is a signifier. It's an idea. It's a concept of someone else who came out of the, of that woman. Like if, if, uh, right someone's my sister we both came out of that woman's vagina right and that man's penis went into that vagina and and got that and, and they made a baby and we both we're both from those parents it's a signifier just to lump all that together a concept right. but another thing is um uh, gravity so if you ask people is gravity real people will tell you it is real well no every scientist in the world knows that gravity is just an idea to explain the phenomenon of how objects are moving here, but it is absolutely no, not real. There's absolutely no, you cannot prove if it's real. It's just an idea to explain. Yeah. It's descriptive. It's so people are like, Oh, it's a law. It's like what it's a descriptive law, not a prescriptive law. Yeah. I might have to look those up later. So, so, and and the same thing with the red light, it red means this is a common one. I use red means stop. But we all know it doesn't really mean stop, but we agree. Yeah. So that's the difference. So okay, a red so light. Tell, so me, tell me that. Tell me that. So you literally just described the difference between a descriptive law and a prescriptive law. Ah, tell me. So, I love getting educated. So a descriptive law is essentially like like gravity. So it's like something the the laws of physics, uh, mathematics. These things are are descriptive. We didn't invent these things. We 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 figured them out and we described the phenomenon, like you said, the phenomenon that is already happening that is inherent to how the world was, was came to be right. A prescriptive law is something that like, like a a speed limit or a stop sign or, you know, something that we prescribe, like we're creating this concept and you have to uh, adhere to this concept because we prescribe this law to be so like, that's a prescriptive law. And as, whereas the theory of gravity theory, like, you know, uh, uh, relativity, all that is, is, uh, descriptive. So that's, you perfectly describe the difference between descriptive and prescriptive. And where did you learn that? That's cool. I listened to, uh, debates about eight hours a day, five days a week. And I just, uh, from one of, from like the top, like scientists, I listened to a lot of Richard Dawkins, um, on both sides, uh, you know, just, just, I, I'm obsessed with learning. That's how I learn. I listen to uh, debates from like the top minds in our world just constantly, you know, dude, I love that. So, so now that on top of what we were just talking about is an idea to describe how language works. It, it yeah. comes from some discipline, but um, uh, there, there was, there was a point to that about um, 
where that came from, where I was going to circle back and use with uh, that. you were talking about language, right? With oh, um, so that village. Thank you, thank you so much, uh, Josiah. That language has, and, and a lot of people don't know, can't even. If you say that to most people, they can't even understand what we're talking about. There's people right now be like, "What are you talking about? There's no such thing as gravity." Oh, like, <laughs> right. like they, they can't distinguish between their ideas and the right. fact that this microphone is out here. They they just can't. Right. Right. And um. There's something in that society, I bet, in their language. And, and that's because of language. Language has tricked you and duped you. It, I say that sounds so negative. I don't mean Well, no, language negative. is our plaything. We can do whatever we want with language, you know? Right, right. Yeah. valuable. And so there's yeah, something in that society, in the language, that yep. I bet you makes it safe and communal like that and encourages. It, it's, it's like um, uh, yep. like our friends who live in, in Nashville. If Everyone calls everyone's dad, dad. Yep. I would never 100%. call my friend's dad, dad. Yeah, <laughs> but they all do that. Hundred so percent. There, there becomes a familial component that's driven by the language. I guess yes. is what I'm saying. Hundred percent. Yeah, and language it's evolutionary is, successful. I guess. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you're, like, uh, like Matt said, it's it's malleable, it's arbitrary, and it's like it, it's 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 something that conforms uh, different societies and and shapes uh, socioecological uh, structures and, and infrastructures. It, I mean, you know, there there are things that we say that would be completely repulsive and repugnant to, to someone across the world. And, and I've, I've come across that and it's just like, it, it's, you know, so you're absolutely right. It's, it's all arbitrary really. Matt is on shrooms. That's why he knows stuff. I think they're, no, I think they're <laughs> saying that because I didn't realize that I was like staring off, but looking at you because oh, you're over here. We're in the same room. So I'm taking advantage of the fact that I can actually like, see. <laughs> so they, they looked at you looking in the corner and they said you're on shrooms. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just, it looks like I'm staring off into space. That's but I'm, the I'm, natural <laughs> logical conclusion. You know? Yes. Don't I'm you, on drugs. How about when you're in a room with an animal and he's like, in, in, in like he's looking in the corner? Just watching stuff in the corner. You're like, motherfucker, stop. <laughs> like, what are you looking at? Yeah. What do you see? Yeah. Um, how, how, um, how, um, let's talk about TikTok. Sure. Yeah. You had a, you had a, I don't think people realize until you have an account taken from you. So my account Why? is crazy. My account is crazy shadow band on Instagram, but I don't think people realize until you have an account taken from you. Um, how hard that is or how weird that is. Yeah. Will you tell me about your, um, your, your very first TikTok account and, and sort sure. of the, jour the journey of it? Yeah. So, I mean, I, uh, so the first one, it, th this whole journey, uh, from where, I, where I'm at now, like started, uh, in October of 2020. And I mean, it was, you know, right in the middle of the pandemic and like my buddy kind of, I was doing like parodies on Facebook and like, I always like to write songs and even when I was in bands and stuff. And so, uh, he kind of dared me to go on TikTok and I was like, nah, like, you know, I was never even really a big TikTok person. I still kind of not, but, uh, he was like, nah, just do it. And I'm like, all right, fine. So I tried it, just did some shit for about a month. Nobody gave a shit about what I was doing. And then I, uh, came home one day and I saw this girl doing, that's that song that I, you know, constantly do, uh, that style. It was a trend at that time. And so, uh, naturally I decided to destroy, uh, anything that is good. And so I <laughs> took that trend and I made it my own and I wrote songs to it and they kept blowing up and kept blowing up. And, um, I gained 3.2 million followers, um, in a matter of months, uh, in under six months. And, um, and then uh my account got banned and that was probably one of the like 
most devastating things. It, it sounds weird, but you're right. Like it really took, because I had no, I grew so fast and I had no idea what I had that like mentally I wasn't prepared for anything like that. I'd never gone that viral before. And so it was like, I didn't know what I had. I wasn't ready for it. And when it got stripped away, like, like that, I remember the day it did. And I was like, fuck man, it just, it fucked with me. So then I got another account eventually a few months later and grew it to 1.6 million followers. And then, um, that one got banned and, and I was like, fuck man, like it, it just really fucked me up, dude. And so, um, at the same time as my how, second how do you get banned how tell me about the first account getting banned how did what did you say <laughs> what didn't i say like the first, the you're, first you're, one, it seems so tame to me maybe it's because i'm i don't know i'm a, a 13 year old now boy inside, i am but. did you it, i mean if you would have seen my first account you'd be like oh fuck this guy <laughs> like he like i I admittedly, I'll give it to TikTok. The first one I probably uh, deserve to be banned, um, and it was a great learning experience looking back on it retrospectively now. But like, what like, do you have to say that you want to behead people? Like, what do you what do you no, have to no, say? No, 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 never. And it was never like it was never anything to. It, it was only to bring. So basically, I love holding a mirror up to society on both sides and being like, hey this is what we're dealing with. This is the reality of what I'm a pragmatist. So like, I, I love looking at just not taking a stance necessarily on either side. Just like, look, this is, I like to find what reality is because there's one truth and there's one reality. And it's like, I like to look at that and be like, here's what it is. And a lot of people don't like that on both sides. But I, I mean, I tend to lean left of course, but like, I mean, it, it's just like, it, it really pissed off. My first account pissed off literally millions of people. And, um, and, and so I think that's kind of why I grew so fast on the first one. Not only I had a lot of support, but I had a lot of hate. And, um, I thought I mean, that I was get, kind of the point of TikTok. No, it kind of, you would think so. But I don't go I over know. there because Instagram's more than enough for me. I like, I, I'm on Instagram and I was like, I don't have time oh. for anything else. Dude, I love Instagram now. And like, it, that's my main priority now is Instagram. It's, it's definitely, it's made a living for me. So I fucking love that play. I love Instagram, but I mean, like TikTok is such a, it's such a, is it, it, is it, so how weird. is it different? What's the difference between TikTok and Instagram? It's so vastly different, bro. Like TikTok. I, I mean, I'm, I literally started my third account. I had to go buy a new phone cause they block your IP address. And so <laughs> no I literally just, so I'm on my Android right now, but I, I am looking at my, I bought, I had to buy an iPhone 13 and I mean, I didn't have to, but I wanted to buy it cause it has good. Literally I went into, I went into the store and I was like, Hey, I want to buy this phone. And they're like, okay. And they're like, well, what do you want to use it for? I'm like, just to make videos. They're like, well, do you want to do this? I'm like, no, I'm just making just, just the video, just the camera. That's all I care about. And so, uh, I literally just make videos off this thing, but it's my third account. I started it like four days ago and I'm, you know, I'm almost at like 200,000 already. And so like, I'm, I'm growing again, but like I, I, this time it, it's so different because like, I'm so much more tame when it comes to my songs. Um, and I, but it, it's because I actually have you know, I've grown, right? Like I, I, I care about mental health. You mean, so as, a, much as, and, you mean as a person you've grown? Yeah. My hair, just, okay. just my hair. Yeah. Just, like, that too. <laughs> but I mean, you're saying like, you're, you're not the same artist you were in 2020. Of course. It, yeah, okay. absolutely. That's I mean, okay. Yeah. Life is progress, right? I mean, there we're, we're never, I mean, I'm not even the same person I was when I started, you know, doing this podcast today with you guys. And so it's uh life is progress. We're, we're always changing. And it's just, I realized 
And it's great because like when I first, dude, I, I literally was at my lowest point, uh, in between my first and second account on TikTok, and like, and I, I was in such a depressive like state and it, but at the same time, I wouldn't take that back for a second because the different, you asked the difference between Instagram and TikTok. And I think the main difference is that Instagram is, I don't know, I don't know what it, and I don't know why, I don't know the question of why, but what it is, is, is more of a conducive place to, uh, express yourself freely and, um, and just to be accepted and, and a supporting place. Like I've built which, such a which great one is, which one are you describing? Instagram, Instagram, hundred okay. percent. Yeah. I'm a huge envy. And this is just since November, I started growing on Instagram. And so like that, this is a very recent thing for me. And like, I've learned so much about Instagram and I, I've fallen in love with it and it's, it's a great platform. And I've built such a, a great community of people, wonderful people from around the world that just like love and accept everyone. And it's, it's fantastic. And so, but TikTok, I have to be careful. Like there's about 25% of my videos that I cannot and will not ever post on, on TikTok that I can always post on Instagram just because they'll be, I I've learned pretty much the algorithm on TikTok and it's just like, you got to be careful with what you do because TikTok's extremely sensitive, you know? Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. So interesting. Um, when I, whenever people send me links, I don't do Facebook or TikTok. So when people send me links to go look over there, I don't even click them. Cause I don't, I just don't, um, yeah, neither do I. It, it's just too much. It's just, it's, it's just too much for me. There's no ideological reason or anything like that. It's just, I'm, I have enough. I basically yeah. just scour Instagram looking for people that I would like to have on my podcast yeah. and, and then, and then try to, um, share my kids on there so people can see, Hey, these are what young human beings are capable of. Right. Yeah. And that, and I mean, what kind. else is there? Yeah. Right. You know, I, and I think it's great because like social media is, is definitely a double-edged sword. And I mean, I never thought even, you know, two, three years ago that I would ever be doing anything like this. And I, I've always been an entertainer. I've always been, you know, musician and like, and since I was 19. And so like, it's always been like just such a passion of mine. And I finally found an outlet that I can not only uh, express my you know musical side but also uh, just things that I actually care about and things that I struggle with and, and uh, be, hopefully relate to people in any kind of way. Um, wait, can you play, uh, Susan, can you play um, the second clip, uh, What is Real? Mm -hmm. from, I, I believe that's from uh, Josiah's account, mm -hmm. the guy with the hair official. fake smile on and tell the world i'm fine but deep inside i wanna hide what the fuck i really feel because everything feels so fucked up and i don't know what's real so if you feel that nobody really gets you that's okay but you should know that you're not alone i struggle every day you owe it to yourself and your mental health to get some fucking rest because you are stronger than you think and when you have supportive people in your life then you can strive to be your best Bam. Uh, how do you know whether you're going to do the heart or the um, <laughs> international symbol for have a good day? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, and I, I actually added a new one into some of the recent ones. It's finger guns, the the international oh. symbol of, you know, what the fuck am I doing with my life? That kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's really just what I feel at the end of the song. I don't really like, like pre-plan it out. And I'm reading the the lines that I wrote. That's why, actually, that's why I wear the sunglasses so I don't look like I'm reading. Um, uh, and nice so, 
Yeah. And so, uh, so I just kind of like what I feel at the end, like I'll just like do it. And then I'm like, yeah, fine. Like there are some when I've, it's like a serious subject and I flip people off at the end. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have done that, but like, yeah, <laughs> whatever posted. It. It's all good. You know? Um, they, um, Corey Leonard says the fuck they ban you for. Let me translate that for you. Um, I get do it. you remember? Sp- okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned social media lingo. <laughs> Let change that to English for you. <laughs> the, the fuck they ban you for. When you yeah. texted me this morning and said, what's the language? What are, what, what language, what or something about language? I'm like, I thought I looked at Matt. I'm like, he doesn't know the shows in English. And then, and then I realized, Oh no, you're talking about swear words. I'm like, Oh shit. What if this guy doesn't speak English? Oh, language. Is that what yeah. He- <laughs> yeah. That's a, I'm like, wait, what, what? Trying to get on talking to like some Portuguese or some shit. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is, there, is there anything this is specific um, that you did? Like, do you know, like, Hey, you cannot do this. Like you can so, show three lips of the labia. You can show the labia majora, but if you show the clit on TikTok, you're out. <laughs> So there was, uh, you know, there were things that, that I talked about that was pretty, uh, there were pretty hot topics and divisive topics. I talked about, um, I talked about vaccines. I talked about Trump. I talked about religion. I talked about, um, things like that, that, that people really, you know, it rubbed people the wrong way. I wasn't doing it in a divisive way, but looking back on it, I can see that, you know, I, I, Probably pissed, and I I don't regret but doing as, any as long of the as you're as long as you are um, toe the line. As long as you say that Trump's bad, at least that's the way it seems to me. As long as you say Trump's bad and take the vaccine, you should be fine. No, no, actually, that's what I did, and people hated it. Wow, did you I, think you got look, banned? I thought, uh, yeah. it's, I thought that, that that goes against the narrative that TikTok's run by the Chinese. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> this guy. Well, it, ByteDance is the Chinese, which is their father company. But uh, but TikTok, I mean itself, they have a USA affiliate that they're 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 pretty much wholly owned by the USA now. So, or at least this this branch of it. But I mean, um, but yeah, no, I mean, like, of course, I have a stance. Everyone has a stance on where they fall politically and and all that shit. And you know, that's that was my focus in the first account was like talking about politics and talking about that. Cause it was around the election time. Right. Why so, should you get kicked off for that? You, 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 you seem to me like you're saying that you understand why can't you say bad shit about Trump and before the vaccine and why, why would um, like, that's what social media should be for. Yeah. Right? You would, yeah. You would think so. And that's what, I mean, other social media platforms are for because with Instagram and Facebook, even I post to reels now and they added reels to Facebook, but like, I mean, I mean, cause they're owned by meta, but yeah, it's like, I, you know, I posted all those. I've never had a violation on Instagram or Facebook ever. And, uh, on TikTok, I can't even tell you how many violations and of course two accounts banned. So like, it's, it's just, it's, it goes to show like TikTok is they, it, you know, and I'm an atheist, right. And they, they don't, you know, I, I've, I'm very careful. I, I don't, you know, I don't talk about atheism. I can talk about atheism all day on Instagram, but I cannot talk about it on TikTok. Um, you know, I, I posted, I remember on my first account, I posted the religion song. Like I, you know, I pretty much was just saying like, you know, I fucking hate religion, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But it wasn't like, hey, fuck you for being religious. It was like, hey, like, don't shove your religion down my throat. Let's live in a religious pluralistic society. I love that. I want that. And that's what uh, we're supposed to be as oh, in America, at least. And it's just like, you know, it, it got banned and like all that stuff. And it, it's it's crazy, man. It's it's nuts. Yeah, those are all my favorite topics. 
all Savant's favorite topics. Yeah, those are all my favorite topics. I can't. I, I, I had no idea TikTok was like that. We then had you a don't guy, want to be on TikTok. <laughs> we we had a guy the other day who was who was a, a Twitch guy, like one of those guys, like he plays Twitch and you know people watch him play mm-hmm. video games. He says you can't say the word retard on Twitch, and you can't call people virgins. Yeah, and you can't call people virgins. In a negative way. Like, I couldn't be like, Josiah's a virgin. Really? <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's I mean, that's I'm just, just like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, that's just what it's about is learning. And it's essentially just like learning the. I don't Why know, would the, you hang the, out there if you can't call someone a virgin? They make money. I'm, yeah. Essentially, yeah. And it's about learning the algorithm um, of like, you know, what you can and can't say. And I'm, I'm, I pretty much have a pretty strong hold of it. Like I've learned, you know, there's a psychology behind not only the overall like compass of, of social media itself, but like every platform. And, you know, you have to learn the psychology of each platform. And I'm sure you know about Instagram, like there's a different, there's a certain psychology for Instagram that would not work on TikTok. So when I post the same video to, which I do now, now that I have my new TikTok account, like I post the same video to Instagram that I'll post to TikTok and to YouTube. And I, I, I put different hashtags. I, I, you know, put different captions because it's, it's vastly, you have to like cater to that psychology uh, of the platform itself. You know, if you want to be successful on it. Um, do you have it broken down on a whiteboard somewhere in your house? Like, are you, no, okay. it's just no. in my head. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, after we get off the show, Susan will be like, Hey dude, you got to try You can't say abortion 37 times on the show. YouTube doesn't like that. Like, what? <laughs> well, I, I also wonder, I also wonder who, who, you know, obviously the platforms decide, but like who, who decides and then why, why do they choose? Like, what is the yeah. optimal outcome for these social media platforms? Like, why would you, why are some of them different? Why do some of them ban this, ban this? Why are some of them allow this? Why do some allow some of this, but not well, this? And like, who and- controls that? That's the question I had about TikTok mainly because Instagram, I've really never asked that question um, because with TikTok, it's like I ask that every fucking day. Like I would scroll. I don't even scroll anymore on TikTok. People are like, who's your favorite TikTok? I'm like, I don't I don't I don't know. And I don't care because like it's it just I, I, you know, I follow a few people, but it's like I, I just don't care because it's like I don't I don't know like how some content is able to be on there and like some isn't like I, it, it, yeah. it doesn't add up to me. It's, it breaks my brain. And so I, I just decided that, um, it's something that I can't control and I don't like to stress over things I can't control. It's weird. It's almost like if you, the content you post, if that starts to get downplayed or shadow banned or you get banned, then you're, yeah. they're basically saying, we don't agree with your ideology or we don't agree with what yeah. you're putting out. Yeah. So I guess, I guess that's the, the way to troubleshoot, which, uh, what's allowed there and what's not. But I just always find it interesting. It's like, who's deciding that and yeah. why and why? Well, and a lot of the times it, it was the algorithm at first. So I learned and I, you know, I did a lot of research. I reached out to a lot of people, dude, it's such a bitch to try and get a hold of anyone at TikTok. Um, you know, if you were looking onto the outside, like you wouldn't even think that anybody works there. Cause it's like, they give you all these resources to reach out, but you, you, you know, one in, you know, a thousand chance that you'll, you'll get a response. And it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy because like the algorithm itself, they have it such that it's an automated algorithm that picks out certain words, but only at certain times. And I actually tested it mm. on my second account. I would, 
I would put hashtags, certain hashtags in or say certain things, words that I knew would ban me before and see if it would ban me then. And like, sometimes it did, sometimes it didn't. It, it's almost like the algorithm like only focuses on you if you get a certain number of uh, engagement or whatever. It's weird. But then if you get banned, you can appeal sometimes. And then if you appeal, then a real person will look at it. So essentially, initially, it's like an automated algorithm. It isn't even a human being that's looking at it and saying, no, fuck you. It's uh, it's just the algorithm at first, you know? Yeah, Instagram's crazy like that, too. And they'll say, you, do you want to appeal? And there's nowhere to push the button to appeal. Have you gotten violated? <laughs> I've never been violated or never violated on it. I've never <laughs> had a violation on Instagram. Someone went through, I have three boys, right? And they train yeah. a lot. They just train, yeah. we, we, we're just constantly playing. And I had, um, someone went through and every, everywhere that my boys were training, like doing pull-ups or riding skateboards or anything with their shirts off, someone yeah. reported it as a, um, as a, uh, child pornography post. Wow. And they were, and so, and so after I got like, like 15 or 20 of those, someone who works for the company contacted me like on the really? side who's like a follower of the podcast and they go hey dude you know what they're doing and they go no i go no what he goes there's someone who hates you who's reporting these if you get enough of these then the um the platform has to report you to the police what and, and then they'll come to your Shit. house and then i started looking into it and there's even case there's some crazy cases of, of shit so i then went through and any picture in there where my boys were training with their shirts off i took off Holy but, but, shit. but what's crazy is you've seen all the fucking almost porn that's all over fucking all Instagram over. and TikTok, and yet and yet and I couldn't I couldn't um um yeah I couldn't like I couldn't uh, appeal any of those. Bro, there's not just almost porn. There is porn on TikTok. Um, like there is uh, and you know I'm I'm the kind of like look like porn to me isn't a big deal like i think it's a it's a it's a whatever thing um but like as far as like i mean of course child pornography is is terrible but like but like when it comes to like tiktok there are women on there that have you know their breast exposed like nipple everything like it's just yeah. like you know hanging out it's like literally like not no no clothing like i've seen and they're for there's not i don't think it's in america but they're they have these foreign videos and it's like a it's almost like a dark web of TikTok. Like it's a weird, there's some weird shit that is allowed on TikTok and it, it makes you, it's, it's, it's weird. I'm, you know, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. That's strange. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting a TikTok account. He <laughs> said, <laughs> <laughs> That's too much work, bro. Too much work. <laughs> How did you, so, so, so when you wake up in the morning and, and, um, is it tell me the moment you realize that your account's gone with uh, 3.2 million yeah like are, are you in denial are you like hey what's going on it, it, i kind of think of it as i mean you stayed up all night you all night you've been working on an essay that you have due the next day and you come in your computer and it's been erased Forgot to yeah. like a really bad version yeah. of that right or or yeah. like um uh you know um whatever the guy's name is uh who did the sistine chapel and you come back in the morning the place fucking burnt down and you've been working on it for three, three years like this your fucking neck's all fucked up in the place yeah. i mean is it is it just are you like wait what this can't be or do you go through like a moment of denial 100 percent. yeah absolutely i remember i came home and i uh i don't remember where i came home from but i remember i came home later in the evening and like i went to go uh, i was going to go post a video and I went to go see it and it said, your account has been permanently banned. And then it said, um, you know, you can appeal at for the first account. It No, it didn't give me a chance to appeal. And I was like, fuck, like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't believe it at first. I was like, what is this? Like, and it, 
it fucked me up, dude. Like it really, really fucked me up. And so, um, like, did you cry? Like you cried? Yeah. You cried a little. Yeah. You cried. Of course. Little, yeah. I mean, not just a little bro. Like, like, it, like it, it was not this much, but like this much, a <laughs> little bit more, a little bit more. It, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right there. Right there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but bro, but you know what? It was, it honestly, I say this with all sincerity. It was probably the best thing that could have ever happened because not only did it help me to introspectively look at myself and be like, you know, like figure some <laughs> shit out. But also I met a lot of great people reached out and I met a lot of great creators. Uh, this guy, uh, Manny, uh, he, he's the Manny show on TikTok. He has like 16 million followers and he's verified on there. And uh, we've become really good friends because he reached out because he did a, he did a duet of one of my videos before it got banned. And we kind of talked here and there, but he reached out to me like, uh, when I got banned and he was like, dude, I've been where you are. Like, you know, this sucks. And we've became like really good friends ever since. And it's just like, it's really cool. Uh, the people that I've met through this and just what I've learned about it, like with this third one, like I'm just chilling, man. Like I, you know, like I expect, I hope to grow. I hope to, you know, get my stuff out there, but for a different reason now, I'm not about like, you know, whatever. I just want to get the message out. Create. It's an extension of Instagram for me now. I just want to get that community out there, just uh, for mental health and for for things that people actually give a shit about and that uh, struggle every day. And it's really interesting. Another great thing about Instagram, uh, you said the difference between back going back to that question that I just thought of. It's really cool because I have a huge like following in India and like it's it's really cool because in India, TikTok is banned. And so like they don't they don't have TikTok at all. So it was really great when I started growing on India. I, I was baffled at first. I was like, how wh why are all these people from India reaching out? Like I kind of like struck a nerve with mental health in India because uh, a lot of people I get, I mean, hundreds of messages every day from people uh, everywhere, but a lot of people in India that are like, thank you for being an outlet for, you know, uh, saying what I feel I, because it's, it's not accepted there to, to come out with your mental health and to talk about it. Um, so it's, it's really fucking cool, uh, to, to be able to help people like that, you know? Oh, um, that is, that is a theme, um, uh, normalizing talk about mental health, but I don't even really know what that means. Can, can so, you help me out? Like, what does that mean to normalize? So I feel like that's so, all I feel like that's all people talk about. Maybe it's just the people I hang out with. Well, <laughs> now, yeah, but like if you go back, if you it's still being it's there's still very much so a stigma, a stigmatization of of mental health and and being able to to talk about it. And not just in other countries, but even here in America. I mean, we're we're definitely one of the leaders now of like you know, we have, you know, facility and I'm not a mental health professional. I'm an advocate for, that's why I say, and people are like, oh, you're, you're, you know, you, you say you're a professional. I'm not like, and I, I tell that on almost all my lives. I, I tell people every day when I talk to them, like, look, I'm not, and I, I, you know, I, I give people resources to say, Hey, look, you can go here and here and here to get professional help. But, um, but it's, it's great because like, not just India, but places all around the world are struggling. Um, and, and that's what I'm thinking about, like having traveled to a lot of these different countries, that's, that's my heart is not just like in my backyard in America, because we are growing and we, we need, we still need to have a lot of work to do to, to end that stigma, but around the world, it's Germany, you know, uh, uh, Egypt, um, Israel, like I, I've a lot of these different Malaysia, all these different places 
are struggling uh, because they don't have the resources to um, uh, to talk about their mental health. And I think that that's one of the most effective and innovative ways I've always said is having the conversations of normalizing uh, mental health and not only to have it between people, but then it's it's a ripple effect, right? So like people hear about it and then they talk about it and then it becomes, that's how social norms happen. And that's how we were talking about evolution. There's an evolution of, of uh, social norms as well. And so that's how that happens. And that's how that, that stigmatization uh, becomes neutralized. And what would that look like? Um, like, let's just say, I hate to pick on uh, let's just say Germany, um, a, a man maybe uh, in, in the United States could say, oh, my God, I have so much trouble sleeping at night. My my brain gets so noisy and I get so worried about um, um, if I'm going to lose my job the next day and, it, and, it, and it's impeding on my sleep. Right. And and it, sometimes it gets so bad. I think what's the point of living and I want to kill myself. So, like, I might share that with you and that might be OK here um, in the United States. But in Germany, you have to push that down. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so it's, so it's really interesting and not only like on an emotional level, but on a fiscal level. So like on a fiscal, like this stuff. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so like it, it, uh, so there is a man, uh, that there was a guy that comes in on some of my lives. I won't say his name, but he lives in Germany and he's a great guy. Um, but the first time I talked to him, he talked about how, he, uh, when he finally, uh, he got diagnosed as a narcissist and he's, and he embraces it and he's like, look, I'm a narcissist. Like I, you know, and he, he said this and this and this, and he was going along with, you know, he got clinically diagnosed, but he said since then he lost his insurance and, um, he hasn't, it, it, it it's so financially overwhelming to try and get a therapist over there. And the wait list is so long to try and get a decent therapist. Um, like here, you can sign up in 10 minutes and talk with someone that's, you know, clinically certified. Um, but over there, it's 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 such a long wait list. And, and like I said, it's such a financial burden that it's just like it, it breaks my heart because this guy just wants to uh, look at himself and, and really uh, help, you know, uh, the issues that he's struggling with. Um, and it leads to his, he, I mean, he's manic depressive and, and, you know, anxiety and all this stuff. And it's just like, dude, I, I'm, I feel for you and my heart breaks for you. And there are, there are organizations that I, I, you know, I, there's a secular therapist project that, you know, reaches out They They are growing to different countries and I, I refer people there all the time, but at the same time, like it, it's hard, you know, for, for people out there. And so, um, like I said, not only on an emotional level, but on a, on a financial level as well, it's, it's, it's tough. What what do you think about this? A lot of times um, people will address uh, there's a there's a issue and people will address the symptom instead of the issue. So, for example, I was I was um, homeless for two years and I lived in a car for five years. And in that time, I the, um, I met, you know, thousand other homeless people, right. maybe more. Who knows? And there was only me and one other guy the entire time that I met who weren't drug addicts mm. the entire time. Every single person yeah. was a drug addict and, and yeah. their stories were. And, and so to call um, us homeless, I always thought, well, this is a misnomer. That's the symptom. The issue right. is, is, is drug abuse. And so they keep trying to address homelessness, but, but you're, you're addressing the, um, 
you're addressing the symptom and you'll never fix it. Matter of fact, you, you could exacerbate it. I, I would argue you, could, you do exacerbate it and you make the problem worse by addressing. So when, when you think of mental health issues, and I have a crazy bias, cra- sure. crazy, crazy bias, but um, uh, how, how, I, I feel like the diet of the American society is now, um, you, you know, I, I heard some stat that in the last two years, the average American has put on 29 pounds. Mm. And so if you have a society where people are already, let's say, um, a 120 pound woman is now weighs 150, but because of what's happened in the last two years, the stress on society, she's now 180. I just think, man, that that's, um, it's, it's, it's massive. Like yeah. if, if, and get the, and get the, it's self-inflicted, right? I mean, it's, um, it, the, um, well, it's within their control, maybe. Yeah, it's within their control. They're sort of complicit in their demise. Do you know what I mean? They're right. they're they're eating and they're not moving. Right. Right. Do, yeah. do you ever, yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on that? Being a uh, you know such a strong mental health advocate about about diet and and movement. I think. Well, I struggle with that every day. Um, so, I mean, when I, and I, I, you know, and I, well, real quick to, to circle back to what you said about the symptom and not the, uh, the actual cause, uh, I would even argue that, so there's different tiers to it. So like you're talking about, you know, homelessness being the symptom of, you know, drug abuse, but I would say that drug abuse is a symptom of a, a deeper psychological thing as well. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uncle Buck got you when you're seven and you've been running from it ever since. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think there's, I think there's that. And that's what I focus on is the psychological implications of, you know, and again, I'm not a professional. I've never, you know, been, you know, gone to school for psychology, anything like that. Actually, my little sister would probably be more uh, equipped to do that. But, uh, but for me, just, I can only go off of what I've thought about and felt and, and dealt with. And I look at, like, like I said, I'm a pragmatist and I look to look at like the root cause of things like you were talking about and not just talking about the symptoms of, you know, oh yeah, you can't sleep, you overeat, you do this. And, but I like to look at why people do what they do and not and the big why, not just like, you know, the, the symptoms of it. And I, I think that's very important. That's a great distinction. Um, I don't, I think that saying a blanket statement that I I could would not do it justice. I think that it's very much situational and you have to, that's why I'm huge about talking to individual. When I do my lives, like I love to have callers call in um, just on an individual level and not just like talk to everyone through a screen and, and read chats and like whatever, that's great. But, and that works for some people, but for me, my thing, I'm a very personable person, which is interesting because like I'm such an introvert. But yeah, like, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But like I, I love, love doing relating. the podcast and I hate it. I fucking yeah, hate it. And 100%. I 100%. Dude, yeah. at the end of all my lives, and you can, you know, Molly's watching this, you can hear, she, I'll call her and I'm just fucking drained. Like it, it's just, I feel like I've ran, you know, 10 miles and it's just like I, I feel so exhausted, but it's, it's worth it every time because the stories that I've heard, uh, from around the world, from people, um, just having the conversation and opening up, they feel like it's a safe place to talk, uh, to hundreds of people that they don't know, um, is just incredible. And so moving to me that I, you know, it, I, I, it fulfills me. And so, um, that's kind of where I'm at. It's just that personal level. And so that's what I want to get down to. And I think that's, what's important in these conversations is having that, uh, 
innate why of like the psychology behind why I do X that leads to Y, you know? And, uh, I don't know. I think it's a very fascinating thing and I'm, I'm learning every day. I wonder what that means when I'm done with the podcast, I'm crazy energized. I'm never drained. Really? Yeah. I'm shot out of a fucking cannon. Shit. I wish (laughs) I had that dude. I wish I had that. Yeah. I'm like, I've come flying out of here. Um, he, Going back to the working out thing, so there's this thing I say to a lot of people like, hey, you think you have problems? Do 100 burpees for time. Are you familiar with what a burpee is, that calisthenic? I've heard of them. Uh, I, I uh, If you showed me, I would know. Yeah. Okay. I'll show, I'll show you really quick. Hold okay. Yeah. yeah hell yeah. Let's go. You got to go out to the out – there you go. All right. Feet kick back. Thighs and chest hit the floor. True. Yes. Yes. Okay. Whoa. So basically, you lower your 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 mass, your center of mass, to the lowest point you could possibly lower it, uh, yep. it to, and then you jump and raise it to the highest. So you take your body through this full range of motion. Right. And I tell people, I'm like, so you have problems, huh? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, do a hundred of those and tell me what your problems. And what what ends up happening, obviously, is it's um you go you start to get uh go through oxygen deprivation because it's really really hard to do a hundred of those. Yeah, and then, and, then, and then all your problems start to go away because you're just like, oh shit, I got, I need air. Well, and and that's so. And when you're I done, mean, you're so happy. I've never worked out and been like, fuck, that was dumb. Every, yeah. every like no, and there's times never I do it. not want to work out. Like I like I'm a like, just a bitch. But I'll just do tiny little things. I'll be like, okay, I'm just gonna do five burpees. Yeah, and but then you I, get to five, and I'm like, okay, but go ahead. I sorry, think go that ahead. goes yeah. back to like the the everything goes for me goes back to like evolution and like the psycho i mean it 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 infects everything so like you were talking about it it, like the psychology behind it is like you know your your mind can and it's been you know there have been studies i was reading up on that your mind can really only focus on one thing at a time and so it's like yeah like like you that's a perfect representation of it like you have these issues and these pro it kind of like goes back to like maybe when, i'm just running know, from them does that mean i'm just running from my problem no i mean not no well maybe <laughs> maybe changing your focus and like and and then taking a look and t- t- it's, a, it's a way to step back and look and be on the outside and look at the problem and assess it from the outside instead of being so indelved with it that you're just like you know oh like i you know woe is me and woe is me and it's like Okay, let's take a step back and maybe that's the outlet. Maybe doing burpees, maybe, you know, running or doing whatever, jump roping, whatever it is. Like physically, I think working out is a great way. Dude, I I love jump roping. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I I I've become obsessed with it. And like uh that's healthy. It, it, that's healthy. For, for me, it's a great way to to clear my mind and to really when I'm jump roping, I'm counting in my mind the reps. Uh, but I'm also like thinking at the same time, like, you know, about my day and like the effects that I've had on people and like, and I'm listening and I have music playing and I'm just like, dude, it's just, it's such a great time for me. Um, and like, I think that's important to reassess, to take, that's my way of stepping outside of myself and being like assessing it and being like, look, is this really that bad? Or do, do I need to to address this or can it just, can I, can I move on from it and learn from it? You know, that kind of thing. Do we have your name spelt wrong? Your, your last name has an I in it, right? F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We do have it spelt wrong. Do you have a Z-E-R? Yes, sir. I apologize. <laughs> That's all right. At least you didn't call me Josh. People call me Josh all the time. 
Josiah Josiah Fraser. Um, arguably the greatest CrossFitter who ever ever lived is a as a gentleman named Matt Fraser. F R A S E R. Okay, that's so confused? funny. I went to a, I went to school with, with a, No, I went to a, oh. I went to school with a, a guy named Matt Fraser. Spelled exactly like that. That's funny. Um, when when you were raised in this household where your dad was a, a pastor, right? Um, and, uh, and you were, so you were raised with like Christian values that mm-hmm. whatever that, whatever, whatever that, means, that means. I, mean, I guess that means yeah. like, there's a, like, that means a lot a of different things. Okay. Yeah. But, but there's a God, there's a higher power and you die and then you go be with him. Right. If, well, okay. if you're good, if you, if you believe in him, yeah. Okay. If you, okay. Yep. If you believe in him, then you get to go be with him. Did you, did you ever, um, and, and I use this, I'm very careful. I, I want to be very careful about how I use the word believe. You clearly never knew that because once you know, unless you forgot it, but did you ever believe that? Of course. So knowledge is a subset of belief. Um, okay. So I don't, I don't think that you can ever truly know. Uh, well, you can't be certain of anything right in life. Okay. And so uh, knowledge and the epistemology of like how you know something is just a subset of your belief. So, right. So like when I say, and that's the biggest miscon- misconception of atheism. So when I say that, like, I'm an atheist, I'm not saying that there is no God. I'm not making a positive affirmation. I can't know that there is no God. I'm saying I'm unconvinced that there is a God. Um, so, Wouldn't that be agnostic? No. So, okay. so Gnosticism deals with knowledge, but that's a subset of beliefs. So Gnosticism and agnosticism uh, deals with knowledge. So if you're going to say there are... There are Gnostic and agnostic uh, theists, and there are Gnostic, well, I don't know of any Gnostic atheist or theist. I mean, I, I don't know that you can be, but if you were to say, I know that there is a God, then you you would have to identify as a Gnostic theist, which means that you know, so theism, ha- theism and atheism has to do with belief, and Gnosticism and agnosticism has to do with knowledge. So it's interesting because I just learned this from a man... And Matt Delahunty is a fantastic logician, and he uses logic to understand like the difference between it. Because a lot of people think that agnosticism is the middle ground between I believe X and I don't believe X, but there is no middle ground um, because that's a false dichotomy. So if you're talking about, so me, I would, I would say really? that There's, I, you isn't isn't the middle ground? I don't know. Sorry to interrupt, but I'm looking at the definition of agnostic from Google. And it says a person right. who believes that nothing is known or can be right. known, and that's kind of what you said where you are right so but to say that i don't know knowledge is a subset of belief so there is either i am convinced that there is something so you you believe something because you are you become convinced of something i don't think that we we choose our beliefs right you you become convinced on good or bad evidence right and so if i say uh that. Meaning behind so, my computer, I don't believe there's a giraffe. But if I saw a, a yellow ear pop up from behind it, I might be like, oh, shit, there might be a giraffe there. I'm starting to get some evidence. Yeah, right, okay, right. Okay, okay, okay. Right. So so I would consider myself, I, I, I label myself an agnostic atheist. Like uh, there are people that, I mean, I guess I have heard of a few that say that they know that there is no God. And I don't think there's any way that you can know. That's, that's, that's a for To say I know there is no God is to say that I know Gnosticism, that there is no God, atheism. So so I say that uh, I am not convinced that there is a God as such that 
it's kind of like science, like science changes itself to the new evidence. Uh, that's why ev- the highest form of science is a theory. Um, you can't get to a fact. Science doesn't proclaim to know truth. Um, it, it gets like even the theory of evolution, the theory of gravity, the, the all these theories, they're theories, but You're talking my talk, baby. But but it's it, I mean, if there were new evidence that would that would uh, disavow that evidence, then we would go with that evidence right away. And my just belief tools to help us manipulate this world. And, and I don't mean that belief, in a bad way. I mean that in a positive way. Hundred percent. Well, and we describe what we're learning. It, that that right. goes back to descriptive and prescriptive, right? And so uh, when I say that I'm not convinced that there is a God, but I would be if if I found evidence, if I was presented with evidence that is undeniably, uh, uh, you know, in my face that like there is a God, then of course I would have to believe that there is a God. And there, I mean, atheism would be just shut out. That you couldn't be an atheist because you would have. I mean, you could be, but like you'd be denying what's real. And so, um, but as far as I know, there is no evidence that is sufficient for me to be convinced that there is a God. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that there is no God. Right. I'm just saying that I'm not convinced. So you're going along with it. And then at some point you're like, wait, what am I doing? Like, I haven't seen a car that runs on water. Why am I believing this? I think maybe I'll, I'll, uh, pull back from believing that. The time to believe something is when there's sufficient evidence to warrant that belief. That's what I'm saying. Right. And, and, and when you were raised, you believed in it without until, until you received these tools that allowed you to think, hey, why am I believing something without Correct. sufficient evidence? And logic, yeah, Makes I would total say that sense. logic is probably the the basis of my epistemology for sure. Right. Um, on, on a complete side note, you could there is an experiment you can do to find God. There is one experiment, but no one wants to do it. Oh, well, I okay. mean, some people want to do it. You don't live to tell the tale. No, you live to tell the tale, <laughs> oh, okay. but it's very, but it's very scary. Well, nobody lives to tell the end of the tale essentially, but yeah, I'll tell you <laughs> how, I'll tell you how, and you'll see why no one does it. Okay. You can lay, you can lie down perfectly still and, and, and just lie there until you die and when, and, and, and turn yes. your awareness up to full blast so that when you have an itch on your head, you don't itch it. You don't react to it. You become the guardian of all things, all reaction. So if you get hungry, you just watch it. You have an itch. You just, you don't do anything. You, the, there's this, there's this belief that people think because it says in the Bible that you have free will, but the only free will a man has is to do nothing. And everything else he does is an illusion that he has this illusion that he has free will. I have this illusion that I'm choosing these words to talk to Josiah and Matt Souza. But if you really want to experience free will and you want to get to God, it's very easy. We don't ever have to debate it again. You can just lie down back here at the bottom of a burpee. And turn the bottom and, of the burp, yeah. And, and, and lay perfectly still and embrace your death and just wait for death to come get you. And it will well, come get you. you. you, would, you would but find but that it requires about some, a week. Yeah. So, right. Yes, 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 yes. I always for, scratch the itch though. For, for me, for me, it was five days, and I will tell you that um, it's a very lonely, um, terrifying. But but it, circling back to mental health, if I didn't have mental health issues where I wanted to die, I would have never been able to make that journey. Mm. And it's a it's a it's a um, I've, and I've heard you talk about this on your thing that it's a calling. The hurting is a calling. I think you say it in one of your things, right? Something needs attention. Do, 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 does does that does that remind you of something? What do you what do you mean by calling? What do you like, mean? Like what like like it's a calling for you to give some sort of attention to yourself, to to, sure, to heal like, well, something, to become aware of something, right? Yeah, sure. This, and like, and it's 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 one of those. Well, I mean, yeah. Like, I think that. Uh, well, I think it's a personal responsibility. You know. 
to, to become more. So that's one of my top priorities in life every day. And all this, bro, like if you would have met me four years ago, you'd have been like, fuck, you are a different person. But like, I, I, I'm completely different than how I was before. And I, I, but that I attest that because I want to become more self-aware every day. That's like one of my top priorities every single day. Yeah. Awesome. So self-awareness is extremely important. And I think it, I think it's, it's, it's extremely important for growth. You, you have crazy tools, man. It's beautiful talking to you. You have crazy tools. Thanks, crazy, man. Yeah, you have crazy, crazy tools. That That's also the sad part. Well, not I'm sad. I'll choose a different word. That is the part sometimes my wife has to remind me. I'm like, why doesn't this person just do this or this? And they're like, because no one's given them the tools. No one's told them. Yes, there's there's perfect. some things that before that I would have seen as 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 strife in my mind or mental illness or hardship, but now I have the tools to mitigate it. It's a gift. Yep, hundred percent. I, I have the tools to watch it or to to um, yeah. It, it's and a uh, it's a go ahead. You, yeah, sorry, but you you really hit on something for me, and I think that's absolutely a, a great point because you know what, and you know what's and I always say I tell this to people because I'm an open book, like, but it's like it's ironic to me because, you know, my dad, who I was talking about, we, I mean, we don't really have a relationship anymore. My mom and I have, I'm like, she's my best friend, but, uh, which is interesting. Cause she's, you know, just as much of a religious person as my dad is. But, um, but anyways, like it's, it's ironic that the reason that I, I came to start learning about logic and, and, and essentially got out of religion and, and started, uh, you know, being the person that I am now is because I went, my first trip when I was talking about Africa was with my dad. Uh, I was 25. So it was about eight years ago. And, um, that was my first trip out of the country. I mean, except for like Mexico, but, uh, and I went because he was having like a building named after him for, cause he's a prominent pastor in my town. And like the affiliates were over in Africa and they were raising up seminary, like a seminary for pastors. And it was an incredible trip, but, that was the most eye-opening thing to me. And it, it, it sparked an obsession with traveling. And so I absolutely attest traveling. Uh, and so next I went to South Korea and China. And then after that, I went to um, Ireland and Iceland and then, you know, Europe and Italy and France and all this stuff. And it's like, I absolutely attest traveling and seeing different people's perspective um, and seeing how different people around the world think just as vehemently and believe uh, just as strongly what they believe as I believe, believed what I believed and for very different reasons and for very different evidence and talking to people culturally absolutely changed my mind. And that was, uh, the evidence that I had, uh, that, you know, I needed to, to really look at myself and, and be more open. Uh, because even, even three years ago, I was so bigoted, uh, when it came to someone that, you know, to people that, that thought outside of the way I did. And, um, I would chastise them and, and, you know, uh, you know, I'm not saying that all religious people do this, but I would, you know, be like, oh, you're going to hell and and all this shit. And like, it, it was, I, I'm disgusted with myself, my former self, but at the same time, I'm very happy and very thankful that, uh, I was able to change that, uh, at a fairly younger age and, and not live my life, uh, with, uh, such deprivation, you know, and, and not being, uh, self-reflective, like I, I'm trying to be now. You know, um, you and I have come from two of, uh, you and I have, or have come like this. Let's say this is you and this is me. We've, yeah. we, we passed each other. Yeah. Did, um, 
I was raised crazy liberal. Really? Like to the fullest extent. Yeah. You know, Bay Area. Oh, Bay, true. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, and now that I have kids, I've like, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm coming, I'm, I'm crossed over. I'm, I've, I'm not a, I'm not a religious man by any means. Yeah. Well, I am religious in this sense. There was this, and Gandhi said, you can't separate, um, a religion and state because your life is your religion. Meaning as I stare at Josiah Fraser now, I am looking, he is the embodiment of what of what of of is of him now and right? i have an interesting question for you um, yeah, yeah, please, when it please. comes to that and i'm I, I love asking questions right so like do you think do you take that like how substantially do you take that do you take that as just like a colloquialism or like do you actually like religion i mean to me is defined as like tenants and dogma and, you know, uh, scriptures and, you know, uh, leaders and, and all these, you know, things that rules and, uh, societal, uh, boundaries, all these things that, you know, or do you see it as like, I see what you're saying. And I know what Gandhi was meant by that, but like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when Einstein said, you know, uh, did God have a choice uh, not to create the universe? It people take that as oh, Einstein was a theist, but I mean, he was he believed That's in a Espinoza. beautiful question. Did he really say that? That is awesome. He he <laughs> believed in, so but awesome. but he wasn't talking about God in the theist sense. He he was he he believed in the God of Espinoza, of Espinoza which is like the the universe is God, you know, and right, and so right, right. so that is that kind of like what you what how do you take what gandhi said in saying that you can't separate religion from um well how do you take that there in in the easiest sense in in the most specific sense you should treat i i do agree what you said is awesome i um This is going to be totally mis, uh, um, misunderstood by so many people, but basically that you are God and you should take that responsibility hugely upon yourself and treat everyone as if you were as if you were God, and sure. and, and, and and also as as if they are God. Right. I mean, but you what, should what take you every moment, um, uh, like the like the captain of your own ship kind of thing. No, no. Well, I, I do so. Yes, but that we're all the same. Basically, mm-hmm. I do see that we're all just in, in, in my, there's this thought. I'll tell you, this is a little maybe too, too much, but there's this, um, you know, you're given this name, Josiah Fraser. And then yes. through time, you're trying your whole entire ego is trying to hold that fucking thing together, even though it's changing from second to second to second to second. Sure. Our whole life from the minute second we're born to the second we die is keeping this facade alive, keeping this fucking lie alive, uh, lie alive. Right. Yeah. Our, our namesake. But but we're not that we're just all mirrors here. And anything you do to hurt another human being is hurting yourself. Sure, because we have to, yeah, yeah, we coexist. We coexist, but but maybe even more so than we coexist, like more like what you're saying, we actually are one organism. We are the universe is is God, and so that's what I mean by it's it's your. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's true or not to me. You should behave as as if God is watching you with with a notebook. <laughs> well, why do you so? Because I think you mean, you'll get the best out of life. I think that's where happiness is. 
I think that's where fulfillment is. I think that's where the present is. But I would, I mean, and I respect what you, what you say, but I would actually go the opposite way because yeah, fix I, me. I, well, but the, yeah, go ahead. Fix me. Fix me. No, 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 no. And that's the thing. It's not about fixing you. It's not, I'm not trying to like change your mind. I, I, I respect, and I, you know, I think that you're, I, you're onto something. Um, but, and maybe like, it's just semantics. Maybe we're just like not talking about the same definitions of things, but like for me, the greatest liberation, um, there was a man, do you know who Christopher Hitchens is? Yes. One of the most life-changing people I've ever, I, I still listen to his, I think I've read, I think, think I I've, heard him speak one time in San Francisco. Why? He's the no why? God guy. Yeah. Is he oh dead now? Yes, he died in 2013. Yeah, um, I think I went and saw him speak at, at the Palace of Fine Arts one time. Uh, dude, I envy you. What like, did he write? He wrote a book like There Is No God or something, right? Yeah, uh, God Is Not Great, How Religion Poisons Everything. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yep. his best. So, I mean, he wrote like 25 books, but yeah, that was his bestseller. He's in uh, heaven now? I doubt it. <laughs> if there is a heaven, <laughs> I doubt he would be there. Um but he, he, well, he is what, he's one of the few people that I would call a Gnostic atheist. Like he, he was anti-theist. He would, you know, he would make a proclamation that there is no God, but, uh, but anyway, so, uh, it's, it's. Which is the same as saying there is a God, right? What do you mean? Going back to what we very first talked about, there, if there's no way to know if there's a God and there's no way to know if there's not a God, if you take a stance on either one, you're making that sort of ultimate journey. You're going up well, against just the he, – he, if he's a logician, he knows he's going up against something that's almost impossible, like his he's biggest ad, he's adopted. He's adopted a burden of proof, um, which right. sometimes I think he he met and sometimes I don't think he did. And I, I, I don't think that – you know, fundamentally, I don't think that anyone can because there's no substantial evidence for either. Which makes um, it a great life challenge, right? Sure. Yeah, Christopher Hitchens. Yeah, he he died of a uh, uh, lung ca- or throat cancer. Uh, but English um, dude, he has he's got an accent, right? He is, and he he became an American citizen in the early two thousands, I believe, or maybe in the eighties. I don't remember, but yeah, he he had dual citizenship in uh, the UK and and here. But um, I, I've literally listened to all of his debates and I still rewatch them um, because not just for him, but like listening to he debated some of the, you know, Dinesh D'Souza and uh, William Lane Craig and all the greatest theologians, you know, that, that are around today. And it was just incredible to watch them converse. And I, I, I'm obsessed with that shit. Like I I love watching both sides and seeing the best of the best come out with these top thinkers of our day. Um, it would be like, you know, watching Einstein debate someone. It, it I, I love, I, you know, I just, I love that kind of stuff. And I think it's important um, because Me too. Me too. not only on a macro scale, but on a micro scale, like, and that's where I come down on it is like our, so that's what you were saying. Like, I, I want to live my life so that, you know, as if there were a God with a notepad, I think that, so, so one of the great, and I was thinking about getting this tattooed on myself. And I'm not a religious guy at all, by the way, when I say that I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a religious guy at all. So, right, right. One of the greatest things that he, I brought Christopher Hitchens up because one of the greatest things that I think he said that hit me and that got me hooked was that he said, uh, emancipate yourself from the idea of a celestial dictatorship and you've taken your first steps toward being free. And I, for sure, 
for sure. And, and I so, can't even imagine what that was. He was he raised religious. Is that his deal? So he was he went to Oxford. Like he he was raised in the like kind of um, like Catholic kind of whatever church. You know the church because everyone was you know at that time. Uh, but he at about eight or nine, he 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 recalls the story of when he was out with his science slash you know religion teacher that were out, they were looking at, uh, uh, flowers. They were, they took the kids out to a field trip and they were looking at flowers. And his teacher said, isn't it interesting how, you know, God created these, uh, these flowers yellow because we like yellow and that makes us feel good. And he said that that was the first time that he realized that, uh, his teacher was speaking bullshit to him because he didn't know about yeah. photosynthesis and, and all the things that why really flowers are yellow. Uh, to adapt to, you know, the, the bees and whatever. But, uh, but he said that that was, that began his journey of like understanding that, you know, there's more to life than what people just tell you, you, you have to go out and research it for yourself. And, um, and I think that was, that was profound. That's just a story though, too, right? What, what do you mean? It's just a story that, that, um, the, the, the story of evolution. So, you know, I, I heard someone say one time, um, there was a two guy, it was a, someone just told me a story. Two guys were debating whether evolution is real. And the third guy walks in and goes, yeah, of course, evolution's real. God, it was one of God's greatest creations. So, so there, so there's an argument for that as well. Like you, you can make that argument. And I, so there, there's not, they're not. That's you what know, I mean. It's just story. They're just stories. You can choose the story that God. You can choose the story well, that God created the flower to attract the bee, or that, um, or that because you sure. see these patterns and because you you believe in photosynthesis and you and, and you know and you're a huge fan of of uh, what's the guy's name? I read his book, the the Godfather of Photosynthesis. Anyway, you you can um, you can so believe he, that story, right? You can just choose whatever story you want to believe. Well, or you cannot believe any of the stories and just and just keep them as resources. But they're not mutually exclusive. I think that's the important thing to realize oh, is okay, that like okay. the God story, like, so now we're talking about like abiogenesis. Now we're talking about the evolution of life has nothing to do with uh, like the Big Bang Theory, which is the current best cosmological, you know, the theme of the universe, but like the, the derivation where the universe came from. But like the theory of evolution there are so uh who is it uh cardinal Kalel, one of the uh uh cardinals of the catholic church uh some of the pope even uh recently came out a few years ago and said you know evolution is the best uh scientific theory and we as the catholic church adhere to it and that was the first that was a huge thing for the a shift in the catholic church because back in the 50s 60s and even 70s and some in the 80s the popes were saying you know this i mean it's yeah it's a theory but like no it's not there's no, there's really no dis, disputed. Uh, it's really not like an argument. It's about like whether evolution is real. It is. It's just how it came to be. That's the argument. And you're right. Like you, there are a lot of theists that will say, you know, God used that as a tool to start, which there's an argument for that. I don't, I'm not going to say you're wrong because there could, that could be a possibility, but you know, the, the fact of evolution uh, is is not really widely disputed, at least not seriously. Right. You know? I, I hear you, but going back to what we were saying before, that they're all... We, we, I, I feel like we, ha we have to... Well, we don't have to, but everything's just... They're just ideas. We can't even know... We can't know if it's real. It's just an but, idea until a better idea pops along. 
Right, but it suits when us it, better when as a tool. Maybe, maybe even a shittier idea will take it. <laughs> when it's substantiated with so much evidence, though, right? Um, so much uh, double-blind studies, uh, journals, and and all this evidence that points to evolution as the most plausible uh, uh, arbiter of what how life came to be. Not right. not the beginning of life. Now we're now if you're talking about the the biogenesis of life, that is where the question is. It's not how life has evolved. We are still evolving. Like you, I mean, you look at, uh, and people, a lot of theists like to say, you know, uh, give me an intermediary, uh, species between, you know, uh, apes and humans, which we are technically apes. We're, we're still part of the great ape species, but, uh, I would say, you know, look at Australopithecus, which, or look at Homo erectus, like, uh, you know, uh, Lucy, I, I recently went to Chicago and, uh, you know, saw Lucy, the skeletons of Lucy, which was a, a pygmy human. And it's these are these are intermediary species uh, that can't interbreed with, you know, homo sapiens. And a lot of other another misconception is that people think that, you know, uh, we are we come from Neanderthals or we are just evolved. But we were cousins of Neanderthals. We are cousins of these people and have a common ancestor uh, millions of years ago, you know. And so it's a, it's an interesting, I think a lot of it has to, you're right. You're, I don't, you are absolutely right in that the, the, the beginning of evolution or the beginning of life itself on earth, we're just talking about earth. We're not even talking about the universe. We're talking about earth, which is, you know, 4.5 billion years old, whatever. The beginning of that is where the question is the beginning of life, how life came to be. That is the question mark. What life is now and how, like, the progression of it since that beginning question mark is not really in question. I mean, scientifically it's, it's just the, the overwhelming consensus of any serious scientist is that evolution is the way that's why the Catholic church, Christians, uh, Muslims, Jews, Catholic, anybody can say, and with valid, uh, with valid warrant that evolution is the way that God started the universe, which is completely feasible. It might be. There was this, um, there was this, I remember I went to UC Santa Barbara in uh, in California, University of California of Santa Barbara. And I remember one of my friends was taking this biology class and he's like, dude, I just learned the craziest thing ever. And I'm like, what? And he's like, there are these seven, eight like major leaps in, in the evolutionary process of all, all the plants and animals on the planet. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, and dude, there was this leap where mollusks would have their ass in front of their mouth and so they would be going this way and they would shit and then their mouth would pass over it. And one of the hugest evolutionary leaps in, in creation is when they put the ass behind the mouth so that mollusks no longer fucking yeah. eat, their own shit. <laughs> eat their own shit. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. fucking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> fucking brilliant. It's, it's crazy. It, did, I mean, I learned something. I was listening to a debate to with the- Richard. Uh, yeah, I was listening to a debate with Richard Dawkins uh, the other day, and like he was talking about how whales are the whales uh, are more closely related to hippopotamuses than hippopotamuses are related to pigs or or anything like that. And uh, it's it's just fucking crazy, dude. Like because you know over millions of years when they went into the water, they they didn't need their you know their fucking hooves or anymore, and it's just it, it's crazy, bro. Like just the the natural progression of animals, and yeah, like you said, the mollusks, like those ancient, you know, it's 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 fucking nuts. It's it's mind blowing, bro. And the evidence is there, and it's 
it's not widely disputed. And that's the thing. I'm not saying like, I'm not going against any kind of religion or any kind of other way of thinking at all. I'm completely open to it. I think that it's important to understand like, you know, the, the, what we, like you said, all we have is, is what we know. And what we know is what we've been convinced of through good evidence that can be this provable, testable, repeatable, and predictable. And that's science. Like that's what science is. That's what it, it, there's not some giant conspiracy in the, in the scientific community to snuff out religion or to snuff out God. Um, it, it's, it's just to try to describe, not prescribe, but describe the world around us. And that's it. Do you know about, um, this is way off topic, but do you know about the replication crisis? Huh? Rigor mortis. Read that book. Uh, it, it's yeah. Maybe afterwards I'll send you a thing. It, it, sure. Yeah, science science is amazing, but it's fuck, man. There's some crazy sh- problems going on in it right now. Crazy, sure. crazy, crazy. Sure. The replication crisis is you like, know what? and you know what? Academia has fucked science. Academia has caused a lot of problems. Science? What? More science. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's and that's what happened. There was a race to the bottom through academia. Basically, there became a value on public publishing papers. Yeah. And there's a huge, huge. Um, yeah. This book right here, I cannot Rigor recommend Mortis. it enough. Rigor Mortis. Okay. Man, dude. OK. The audio book. Do you listen to audio books? No. Huh? I listen uh, to the bass. <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'd be, be happy to. Yeah. This is awesome. Do you, I think you'll love it. OK. I think you'll absolutely love it. And do you know about, there's one other idea that I think you would really like relative versus absolute um, statistics. Do you know about that? I've heard of that. I I haven't really dabbled in that, but I would love to. Okay. I'll give you just a quick example. I think you'll love it. So we have, we have a hundred people and a hundred of them take statins, right. To lower their cholesterol. And a hundred of them are in the control group, right. They don't take anything. Right. Placebo. So, so, um, Two people in the after ten years, two people in the placebo group uh, die, okay. and um, and only one person in the statin group dies. Okay. And so, uh, pharma will release to the world that if you take statins, you have and and they'll do that study unlimited times, and they don't have to disclose how many times they do it until they get those numbers. And then when they finally get those numbers, they'll disclose to the world in an advertisement that they'll put on, you know, Fox or on CNN or whatever the fuck they're, whoever they're sponsoring that day. And they'll say that if you take statins, you have a hundred, it has a hundred percent chance of a survival rate for you Mm. because, because, because the control group, two people died and then the group that took statins, one person died and that's it. And dude, the scam is fucking, once you start uncovering, and that's called relative Rel- mm. Those are the relative statistics. Absolute statistics is that it's insignificant, um, the, the life-saving uh, application of statins. And when you start seeing, oh, dude, it'll fucking break your heart. Yeah. The trickery of mathematics and numbers, it will start to break. And that's what kind of rigor mortis goes into. And um, that's kind of like why um, I always fall back to, man, we got to get people moving and eating right. Hey, well, sure. companies pay for results, not knowledge. Yeah. Mm. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And and you know where there isn't um bullshit, Josiah, is insurance companies. And by that I mean those guys have to make money off of betting on the right horse. Yep. So they're like, okay, Sevon Matosian is 18 years old and he's a male. We know this motherfucker is gonna get in an accident and it's speeding yep. ticket. We're charging more on his insurance. Yep. And that's that's prejudice and uh and we're getting discrimination and we're good with it because we make money <laughs> off. And like, and I'm not hating on him, I ain't blaming him. 
It's probability. Yeah, it's statistics. Yes, yes, yeah, it's probability. Absolutely. And those guys don't lie because at 100%. the end of the day, they're they're they're, they're like, they got to bet on the right horse. Yep. So that's true. That's a, that's a good way of thinking. Of, yeah, absolutely. That's that's it's valid. Um, brother, I we we are two. Um, you are a brilliant man. I re, uh, you're so talented. Um, I had no idea where this podcast would go. I really enjoyed speaking with you. You have a, a beautiful voice and a beautiful presentation, and uh, and it would be fun to to just well we 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 have to stay in touch. I, I have your number. <laughs> you cannot yeah. you cannot yeah. get away. <laughs> I can't get away from you now. Yeah, no, I I genuinely, bro, I I appreciate you reaching out, and I appreciate uh, you allowing me to come on here. I'm I'm honored genuinely, and and Matthew, great to meet you, man. And yeah, uh, yeah dude, you guys are you guys are amazing. This is part of coexisting for me like i this is just the 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 great part for me is just getting a message out there being positive about it acceptance is key and uh that's it that's really all that i get fulfillment out of is just uh uh living uh uh in a substantial and positive way with my fellow human beings and i i'm obsessed with it so thank you guys awesome good dude thank you yeah